You can't praise God without being thankful. Simply impossible. Absolutely impossible. You can't praise God without being thankful for something that he's done. And, and so I thought, well, that's the way to go. And I've entitled this message, The Ultimate Combo. You know what a combo is? Uh, every time you go into a fast food store, you're offered a combo, a combo meal. But there are all sorts of combos. As you know, we know the old, we know Big Mac and Coke or fries. Uh, but there's also the old traditional fish and chips. That's a combo. But there are other kinds. What about these? Um, I was uh, actually walking down George Street a couple of days ago, pushing my little almost two-year-old grandson in his stroller. Here I was walking along. Everyone else was busy doing lunchtime stuff. And I, and I saw this sign as I was walking past a re uh, little cafe, and it said, the, ult the, the, the best com combination... The best combo for uh, your morning coffee is banana bread for $7.50. I thought, well, that's terrific. Fancy $7.50 for a slice of bread. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but, but then it struck me that there are numbers of other kinds of combos as well. What about this one? Laurel and Hardy. Peaches and cream. Oh, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that one, actually, John. But, uh, Ron and Faye, well, that's a turn up for the books. Bonnie and Clyde, Simon and Garfunkel. Um, but there are some others, too, on the spiritual realm. What about faith and patience? Hope and love. Goodness and mercy. But today I'd like to talk to you about what I've called the ultimate combo. That's the one that can move mountains, that can change the situations that we find ourselves in. Prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. In 1 Thessalonians, and I apologise that I don't have the Bible passages on the screen today. I prepared them but in the wrong format and they don't play on the computer, so... We're without those on the screen, so you'll have to listen today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 8, 6 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I have a confession to make. I interpreted that passage for many years as though we're supposed to give thanks to God for all circumstances, because all circumstances were his will for me. Now, fortunately, I've had my theology straightened out. <laughs> because all circumstances are not God's will for me. Everything I go through are not, is not necessarily God's will. God's will is that none should perish. We have to understand what God's will is. It's another subject. But this passage, this verse is saying God's will is that in all circumstances, no matter what happens, we are to be thankful. Not for the circumstance necessarily, but thankful and, praise, uh, and praising God. Uh, in the message rendition of the Bible... <coughs> 
it goes this, I think a little more clearly. It says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Jesus to live. We are to live with a thankful attitude. Live praising God. Live with thanksgiving emanating out of us. Now, being cheerful doesn't mean you have to be walking around with a smile on your face all the time or being happy or dancing down the street. It doesn't mean that. It has, an, it has to do with our relationship with God and what he does in us and through us. We can be happy but still be very sad inside. We can be happy and laughing and everything, but that could be masking something that's going on inside of ourselves. And we can be... But we can be joyful no matter what. Joyful, to my way of thinking, is a better word than happy. So we're to be joyful. We're to be thankful no matter what happens. You say, yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. And it's true, I don't. I'm not talking about what you're experiencing. I'm talking about what the Bible says. We are to be thankful, joyful, praising God all the time. You see, the circumstances that we go through are those no matter what situations that this passage is talking about. Be joyful no matter what. Be thankful no matter what. Don't be thankful necessarily for the circumstance or the trial that you're going through. Be thankful. Be thankful to God. Praise him. You see, the accuser who wants to trip us up, wants to catch us out, will throw plenty of no matter what circumstances in our way. In Philippians 4, 6 to 9, we read, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, with prayer, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. No matter what, no matter what. Remember the old Western movies? They're so corny when you see them now. But they were just wonderful when we were kids. You know the line, put your hands up, this is a stick up. <laughs> well, what do you do in a stick up? I mean, if you're in a bank, you trust no one goes through this, but if someone comes in to rob a bank and points a gun at you, what do you do? Absolutely freeze with, with fear. Put your hands up. Of course, in that expression, in, in that situation, you're giving up. But putting your hands up is actually has its spiritual connotation as well. Putting your hands up to God is not so much, it, it can be giving up, surrendering to God, but more than that, it's waiting on him, praising him. There's nothing more wonderful uh, when you have children, and now it's my stage, you have grandchildren, <coughs> and a little, tod little baby grows to a toddler's stage, 
to the, to the point where he or she recognises its parent or grandparent and you go in, they wake up from the cot and you go in from their sleep and you go into the cot and they look up at you and they go, isn't that a wonderful feeling? This little grandchild, the, the grandson that I had in the city the other day, he's reached the stage where he's learnt the word up. And so he comes right up to you and he goes, up, up, up. <laughs> and uh, that's quite funny too. But the thing is that it's wonderful to have a little child look up at you and place all its trust in you. Up, up. And that's what we're doing when we are praising God, when we come to him in thanksgiving, in prayer and thanksgiving. Up, up. Lift me up. I want to be closer to you. I want to be in your presence. Exodus 17, 10 to 13, we read that, <clears throat> so Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill and as long as Moses held up his hands, in prayer this was to God, the Israelites who were fighting the Amalekites, the, the, the um, Israelites, God's people, were winning while ever Moses had his hands in the air. But whenever he lowered his hands, and you know, your arms become tired, he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. So when Moses hands grew tired they took a stone and put it under him so he sat on it and Aaron and Hur held his hands up one on one side and one on the other so that his hands remained steady until sunset so Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword see Moses told uh, Joshua to pick some men to fight the battle in the natural level, the human level. And Joshua fought the battle on the, down in the plain with, the, with his soldiers and the, and the victory was won not by them fighting the guys but by the fact that the praise and the prayer was going on up on the mountaintop. When his arms got tired, these guys held them up. And we need to keep our arms lifted high. I'm not talking about physical arms, I'm talking about our spiritual arms. We need to keep our arms lifted high. When doubt and unbelief want to rear their ugly head in our situation, when the situations we're going through makes us wonder whether there even is a God, we need to keep our hands high. We need to re remember to pray and praise, prayer and praise together. We need to hold the hands of our brothers and sisters up, those of our brothers and sisters who are going through difficult circumstances. We need to hold their arms up. But that's when the battle will be won, when the prayer and the praise continues. But real prayer and real praise it takes real work and some commitment. It's not for the faint-hearted. And that's why it's great to have people who are a true prayer warrior on our side. To have a, a prayer warrior beside you, walking with you and supporting you 
That is like the guys who held Moses' arms up because you know that that person will pray and touch the throne room of God and they won't stop until the victory is won. Will you always feel like praising God? No, you won't. We don't. It's in those that the praise becomes a sacrifice of praise. We praise even when we don't feel like praising. We praise God with our, our whole being. Because in those moments we don't feel like praising. We sacrifice the praise to him. We praise him anyway, not for what we can feel or see because we're in some difficult situation, but for what we know and believe. And what we know and believe will move the mountain. And uh, when your battle cry changes from woe is me and becomes I'm not moved by what I feel and see, I've got the victor living in me, then the situation changes. Praise knows how to move fear and doubt. And there's nothing more wonderful from my experience when you're feeling down, you feel really in a difficult situation, to start praising God and thanking him for, this, for all that he's done, in spite of what you're going through, to thank him for all he means to you. It's amazing how that lifts your spirit and lifts you, takes the focus off the circumstance you're in at the moment and puts the focus on God and his goodness. Here's the story of Jairus and his daughter. While Jesus was speak, still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? In other words, let's get out of here. You know, stop asking Jesus to come and heal him and heal her. And overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why is all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took, took her by the hand and said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was just 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict answers, strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. See, when you need a miracle, you don't need someone around creating the chaos and the commotion and the wailing and the weeping. That's, uh, what you need is someone who's willing to pray and to praise with you and until you get the breakthrough. You need someone around you, people who know what knee mail is, not email, knee mail, spelled K-N-E-E, knee mail. People need to know what knee mail is and that's who we need around us. And 
to realise <coughs> uh, realise this, and he showed us what to do when confronted with that situation. He asked fear and unbelief to leave the room. Get out of here, he said to those who were all weeping and wailing. Leave the place. Leave us alone. Prayer and praise will always give fear and unbelief their marching orders. <clears throat> and when we come to church, it's easy to get distracted. I said, when we come to church, it's easy to get distracted. <laughs> but we should be focused on pray, praying and praising. Praising him for answering our prayer, even though it may not yet be answered. But praying and thanking him in anticipation for meeting our need. And sometimes it takes a long time for us to work through that whole process of praying and praising God and thanking him for the answers to prayers. That's how sometimes uh, it takes a while, even when we're together in church. Sometimes you hear people say, I just didn't feel the power or the presence today. It just wasn't there like I felt it before. They didn't sing my favourite song. They didn't sing a hymn. The drums were too loud. And did you see the way the bass player was dressed? <laughs> they say all sorts of things, don't they? It's not about what we feel. It's not about how we dress. It's not about how many times we sing the song over and over. It's about how we are praising and praying. It's a personal thing. I got an article on email the other day. This is just by the way. It uh, said, seven good reasons why you should leave a church. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that'll be interesting. And it, leave. Leave, yeah, why you should leave a church. And um, it started off by saying that there are four good reasons why you should stay. No, it was four bad reasons, four, four bad reasons why you should leave a church, but then there were seven good reasons why you should. Then it was a very interesting article. And one of them was because they don't play my kind of music. And that was a bad reason to leave. Um, it's uh, not about what we feel, it's about what we know. And we know that if we pray and praise and we include prayers in our praying, then we will see results of that. Even if the circumstances don't change, our attitude towards them will. So these uh, sacrifice of praise moments, they're the moments that can either push us back down the mountain, push us to the top, push us to the other side where the victory is waiting for us waiting for us to arrive. And that's right, the victory has already been um, declared and it's waiting for us to receive it. You see, prayer focuses on the problem. By its very nature, prayer is recognising a need. But praise focuses on the power of God to meet that need. Okay, so prayer focuses on the need. Praise focuses on the fact that God can answer that need because he's bigger than our needs. 
is bigger than our problem. And when Jehoshaphat was confronted by an innumerable host, the odds were absolutely against them. Jehoshaphat prayed and praised. Listen to this. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites and probably even the Vegemites, stood up, <laughs> they stood up and praised the Lord. They praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa, that's where the battle was going to be, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat anointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendour of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army. I want Steven Spielberg to make a movie of this story. I reckon it would be great to see the <laughs> they're coming out to fight and the men come out singing and praising God. And uh, so it goes on, and this is what they were, they, were, they were singing. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. They weren't singing, we're going to win this battle, we've got lots of uh, equipment, we've got the best trained people, we've got all the, uh, all the latest uh, armament. None of that. It was give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And they, as they began to sing and pray, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. These are three armies that were invading. And they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. That's one thing. But after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they had to destroy one another. And so God's people were victorious in that because in their praise and their prayer and focusing on God, God dispensed with the others. See, it wasn't natural efforts that got the job done that day. It wasn't the fighting technique. It wasn't the ability of the soldiers. It was a supernatural effort that moved the heavenly. Prayer and praise took care of their needs in a supernatural way. And that's exactly what the ultimate combo of prayer and praise will do in your situation and in my situation as we face life. From a dark, damp prison cell with backs beaten and bleeding, Paul and Silas turned their pain into praise. At midnight they prayed 
and sang praises to God. And the prisoners heard them. The power of praise that night caused an earthquake and a real phenomenon. Prayer, praise doesn't have to be pretty to be powerful. It doesn't have to be glamorous. We don't have to dress up and put on a big show. Praise is more than just a feeling. It's even more than a thankful heart. It's more than an attitude of thankfulness. It's a song about God's goodness. At least it should be a 24-7 state of mind. That means every time you have an opportunity to do it, you realise you're already doing it without realising it. For Paul and Silas, prayer and praise destroyed the foundation of their confinement. It destroyed the yokes that bound them. It destroyed those the ropes that were binding them there and loosed all the other prisoners around them. For Jehoshaphat, prayer and praise confused the enemy and they killed each other instead of attacking God's people. For Joshua, the Amalekite enemies were greatly discomforted as prayer and praise praise flowed through Moses' uplifted hands. No wonder David ends the book of Psalms with this command. In Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And if, as if we didn't get the message, he repeats it. Praise the Lord. A man called his pastor from the hospital one day and frantically said, Oh, pastor, come quickly. My son John was just bitten by a snake and is at the point of death. Of course, the pastor hurried to the side of the worried father. Pastor, pray for my son, cried the father. I have promised the Lord that if my son recovers, I will come back to church and bring my family uh, again and we will start living for the Lord. Of course, the pastor prayed. He said, dear Lord, we come to you now on behalf of this boy. We pray that uh, Alan's son will recover from this snake bite. We want to praise his name for sending, praise your name for sending this rattlesnake to bite John. This one rattlesnake has done what I've been unable to do in the life of this man for now over five years. <laughs> During all this time, he has not been interested in his spiritual well-being or the spiritual well-being of his family. And this one snake has turned his mind back to you, Lord. <laughs> Could it be that what we need in the lives of many of our other church members are bigger and more venomous snakes? <laughs> God works all things together for those that love him. And one of the things that should be at the top of the list of, the list of those who love God is continual praise offered up to him. Praise for all that he has done, all that he's doing, all that he's continuously done for every one of us. Prayer only, just prayer, is like taking a long journey to the end. But prayer and praise together is an unbeatable combination, or as I call it, the ultimate combo. Let's join together in prayer right now.
And as we pray, Lord, we praise you. We thank you for who you are and for what you've done. Thank you that as we look back over history, we can see your hand at work, the way you've worked in people's lives, in our own lives, in the life of this church. And we thank you that even though we have some of those circumstances going on, even right at this moment, in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, each one of us has something going on that uh, is one of those even though circumstances. And even though we're going through that at this moment, we praise you. We thank you for who you are. We praise you and ask that you will help us to live a life that's full of praise to you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen.